0: Coming to you from the Morningstar Mission-sponsored studio, this is Carl and Crew Mornings. Helping you take your next step with
1: Jesus. That's what we're all about here, Allie.
2: uh, Have you ever counted your steps? Have you ever worn some sort of a tracker? It's funny
1: that you say, oh, steps. I thought you were meaning steps with Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I have. Do you still have your step tracker?
2: Oh, I do. And uh, my daughter wears one, too, so she's always... uh, trying to compete with me that's great it's never even a competition says, mom how, how are your steps doing oh, I'm somewhere around uh, 3,400 I have 11,000 <laughs> it's always way more so well, mom doesn't take nearly as many steps in a day as my active 13 year old
1: all we need you to take today is one giant step just one and we've got some content that will help you do that helping you take the next
0: step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, the
1: interesting thing about worship is that we don't need to be taught how to worship. I often love to say this at the beginning of a worship set when I'm handing the ball to a leader, like a Corey Pelly, our new leader at Juanita Chicago, who's going to be with us here in a few moments. Uh, but the reason I say that we is that we, we're all worshiping someone or something. Yeah. We all know how to bow down to something. We know how to lay down our life as a living sacrifice to something. Hmm. It's true. We're all doing it. Yep. I mean, now some have sold out cheap and it's a PlayStation. Some have sold out cheap and it's the ladder they're climbing to success. Some have sold out cheap and it's the Gucci purse. And I got nothing against Gucci purses, but I'll tell you this, if you worship them, that's a God that has a mouth that cannot move. Yeah. I mean, so there's so much stuff that we worship out there, Mm -hmm. but when you surrender your life to Jesus, because he's called you out of darkness, look out, man, everything can change. We're going to have a good time this morning, man. We really are. This is going to be sweet. talking about why worship, and when you get the whys from scripture, and you really, these five that we've got for you here that we're going to walk through one at a time, oh my goodness, I... If you just read the list and just take the the, the accompanying passage of scripture, you're just going to have to say, God, I got to give you praise here. I got to give you praise. So I got a question for you. Let's kick it off in a fun way. What did you used to worship before you worshiped Jesus? Come on. What did you worship before you worshiped Jesus? What did you worship before you worship God? Think about that for a second. Come on, come on now. I want you to think and I want you to dig deep because there was a time when someone would have said, Oh, you, you worship, um, cocaine, Carl. I never worshiped cocaine. Cocaine was medicating Mm -hmm. the emptiness of what I was trying to worship. The truth is I was more a worshiper of my ability to bring great acclaim to myself through my ability to lead guys on a job site. Mm. I was a worshiper of that.
2: How would you how would you determine what it is that you worship?
1: You know, I think you've got to be- dig you've got to dig below the medicating elements mm-hmm. that you use to try to because medication of any kind is an attempt to just fill that God-shaped void that Pascal talks kind about. Kind of dull pain. Yeah, kind of dull it a little bit. But the truth is, I tried to, I, I think my worship was the desire to find acclaim through the work that I did. It's funny, my dad taught me how to work hard, right? Mm-hmm. And isn't it amazing how things that are good can be twisted for bad?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so he taught me how to work hard. And I learned right away when I worked at the lumberyard at 16 years of age, or even as a box boy at Cars Grocery Store, I learned right away, oh, man, if you outwork other people, you can go to the top fast. And I knew how to work. And I knew how to work hard. And I knew how to work fast. And I knew how to work smart. And pretty quick, I climbed to the top. 30-some box boys, I was always at the top. But every week when I walked in to look at the schedule, that schedule is a reflection of the ranking that Moon Barrett, our manager, Love Moon, he gave to us boys. 30-some boys that were box boys. And it was me and Jeff at the top all the time. Hmm. But I always wanted that top slot. So when I went and worked in the oil fields and I became one of Ron's Raiders, <laughs> These guys were rough dudes, man. I wanted to be Ron's best. And then I was. And then I'm overseeing guys that are twice and three times my age. But it didn't work, Allie. Yeah. It just didn't work. So then I had to use substances because that that hole was still there.
2: hmm So then based on what you're saying, so... What you worship is revealed by what you're trying to find life in.
1: Without a doubt.
2: And satisfaction. So yeah. like I, I can find satisfaction in how hard I work and how much I can achieve.
1: Yeah, how much I can achieve.
2: That's what it was for you.
1: For sure. That was my substitute God for sure, without a doubt. So all of my, uh, all the alcohol and all the cocaine, that was just trying to kind of blind and mask the fact that it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work.
2: Well, it doesn't work because the gods of this, of the peoples are worthless idols. Right out of Psalm 96.
1: Yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, the most empty I ever felt after climbing to a mountaintop of a claim, I'll tell you about coming up. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus
0: today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: Yeah, the most empty I ever felt when I was worshiping a false God. And the false God would have been, I think, a claim. You know, I can't say, you know, sometimes you got to sort through all the motivations for what you do. I still love adventure. And I think adventure is one of the greatest things going. But now spiritual adventure is what I'm hooked on. And it's fun because the spiritual adventure that I'm hooked on now really passes the ball to other people. One of the greatest kicks I get as a pastor is watching other guys scoring TDs. I just love it. Yeah, It's one of the greatest thrills of my life, whether it's uh, Corey, who's going to be coming up here in a little bit, or Jit Christopher, or Paul Hansen, who's a new guy that we hired on. We just made two new hires that are still telling their families and friends about it, so I can't announce their names. But you know, I think it's it's a great joy. I get a kick out of seeing Ali get wins with Snapshot, big time. That thrills my heart. Uh, I get an absolute thrill out of watching Young Thunder concisely share the word of God and stories in a concise way. He's got a real teaching gift. Yeah. So that gives me a thrill. But there was a time when I was attempting <laughs> to uh, probably derive some acclaim or at least a sense of worth uh, from achievement. It probably wasn't even a claim as much as it was self-worth because Mm -hmm. there were no crowds in Nome, Alaska. Uh, When I crossed the finish line, it was at 3 a.m. The bars were way fuller than the streets, but a few people came out, greeted me, 21 days, 8 hours, 12 minutes, and 32 seconds to get a dog team from Anchorage to Nome. But within two hours of that race being over, although I was incredibly sleep-deprived, I was so amped up that I got up uh, 5 a.m., sun still not coming up, got up at 5 a.m. after I put my team down, tried to catch a wink, couldn't do it, and uh, put on all my gear, snuck out of the house that I was in. My dad looked at me and says, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm all wired, Dad. He said, all right. I got on all my cold weather gear, all the gear that I had on, and I walked down Front Street in Nome. It is a terrifying thing to pursue something with everything you have, every penny you have, every ounce of energy, all your thought, everything consumed for two years. Achieve the goal and then feel hollow. Mm. It is freaking terrifying. Yeah, Yeah. and I remember that walk with God that night like you can't believe. I didn't go God's way. Mm -hmm. I kept pursuing other substitute gods, but on that night, I knew, boy, the God of achievement doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it, and you might be a person today who is worshiping the God of achievement. Can I tell you something, friend? Lay down that idol. That thing, there's no payoff. That sucker wants more and more from you. There's no, there's no lid on this, man. Yeah.
2: And it's, a, it's so elusive because you think it's the, it's the promotion. Okay, let's say you get the promotion. It's the raise. It's the whatever. It just keeps moving. The finish line just keeps getting further out. For, so it's e- with each thing you take hold of, Maybe it's stuff that you buy, you save up and you buy that new car and all of a sudden that car doesn't feel very doesn't satisfying. Work. And so then you want another new thing. And and we've all done this in different, in different ways where we kept pursuing something, relationships.
1: Yeah. And sometimes our pursuit of things and acclaim or achievement is birthed from getting beat up as a kid, feeling lesser than. I think part of the reason was that you know when I got a dream for the Iditarod, I mean, I was a, I was a kid who was, um, I think I was, I was, I had a lot of good friends because I was loud and I was a leader, but inside I was a hurting kid.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I was still getting over my buck teeth that I had by this time; they're straightening out. But boy, did I catch some grief as a kid with this overbite that I had. whoo, was brutal, and. Uh, that can cause you to chase a lot of things. And if it's not God, there's no comfort there. Yeah. We're talking about why worship today. Why worship God? Well, one I want to give you is this, and then we're going to play a song and I want you to worship along with it. It displays you believe God is without rival. That's why you lift your voice.
2: Yeah, Psalm 96, 4 and 5. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, Oof. but the Lord made the heavens. Oof. You worship God. Why? Because it displays you believe God is without rival.
1: Without rival. And if you believe that today, why don't we just worship along? Lift a hand before God if you can. Praise his name.
4: You are the word Well,
1: Worship God displays you believe God is without rival. That's Hillsong.
0: Giving Hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: I remember distinctly that I was freshly born again and I was just about to get on a plane in Anchorage, uh, Alaska, but I had to drive from Wasilla. But I'm out at my dad's home and he turned on. his stereo system. And he said, Hey, I got some tapes here. You might want to listen to. And it was some old stuff, man, by Maranatha. And I put them in. I had about an hour and a half where I had to get on, get in the car, head to Anchorage, get on a plane. And I just sat there weeping. And I listened to one side of a cassette tape. This is back in the day. Okay. Flip that bad boy over. And I burned through that tape three or four times. And I just sat there weeping. All of a sudden, worship and praise of God meant something like it never had before. Mm-hmm. Boy, when you get gripped by the grace of God, it's a beautiful thing, isn't yeah.
2: it? It drives you to worship.
1: Yeah, it drives you to worship. Corey Pelly, with us here right now. Corey, when you
2: get gripped by God,
1: you got to give him praise, don't you, my friend?
5: You sure do, Carol, and good morning to you guys. Great to be on here.
2: Corey Pelly is pastor of worship at 180 Chicago. He's been a worship leader for over two decades, written more than 100 worship songs. Now, Corey, one thing that you are really passionate about is teaching the biblical history of worship to your worship teams. Give us a preview kind of of what it is you share with your worship teams, the biblical history of worship. Tell us about it.
5: So basically... Um, This is something I love to do. I kind of grew up my whole life uh, leading worship, playing music from a very young age. And uh, worship and church music is very personal to me. And in our modern culture, I think we really need an understanding of Old Testament worship, not just New Testament worship, because, you know, this side of the cross, knowing Jesus, we have free access into the presence of God. We come together in church. We play our music the moment we pray personally or we sing corporately together. We experience the presence of God, just like we're experiencing here today. But in the Old Testament, they didn't have that privilege. Uh, Jesus had not yet come as the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world. And uh, Old Testament folks, the children of Israel, could not approach God. And uh, so I like to teach into that to worship teams, especially so they have an understanding that on a Sunday morning when we gather and we have free access to the friends of God or wherever we are driving in my car today, whatever I'm doing, they didn't have that. And they had to have an Old Testament priest who once a year would would uh, go into the holy place and, and would do all kinds of sacrifices. It was it was crazy stuff that they had to do, and some of it we don't even realize. They did daily sacrifices in the tabernacle, in the mobile tabernacle, in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were wandering in the desert, just to have any kind of access to God. They had no access to the Prince of God. Moses would have to go to the mountain to hear from God for the people, because if God spoke to them directly, they would physically die, because God is holy, and he and He can, cannot fellowship with sin. And so uh, eventually gave them the mobile tabernacle, and then eventually the temple, which Solomon built. And uh, still the priests would have to go in on behalf of the people. The Holy Spirit was not released. Now when we move over into the New Testament, we know when Jesus said at the cross in Matthew that it is finished, The veil in the temple that separated the presence of God in the whole holy place. There was three parts in the temple, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. And only the priests could go into the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant that held the Ten Commandments were in that place behind the curtain. Well, that curtain in Matthew, when Jesus committed his spirit to God upon his death and said, It is finished, that veil tore from top to bottom. (laughs) and release the Holy Spirit into the earth. And it was after Jesus resurrected uh, that we could now feel and experience and have the opportunity to receive the presence of God and salvation. Wow. beautiful, Corey. Worship changed forever. Yeah, it did.
1: You're listening to Corey Pelley right now. He's a worship pastor at a church that I'm familiar with, lead pastor (laughs) there. And Corey is a Corey is a, a, a unique guy. Corey, how important is personal brokenness before the Lord? How important is it to come to the end of ourselves to experience that torn veil in worship,
5: Carl? It's very important, and and I'm going to say this very gracefully. I'm a pastor. We live in a culture, a church culture, where we believe that we can come as we are, and I believe that, and and we believe that God loves us and accepts us as we are, and I believe that too. But Jesus did not leave us the way we are. And we live in a culture at times that says we can stay the way we are because Jesus' blood and his sacrifice covers us, but we're good now, but Carl. It's personal and my life response to what Jesus has done Matthew 16 when he said that I I can follow him he he put it out there to his disciples the first thing he said was to deny ourselves Mm. and there's a personal commitment there of denial to self before taking up my cross and following Jesus so there's no salvation or no true worship response to God without sacrifice on both sides, on heaven's side, and our response to what Christ has done for us will cost us the rest of our life. It is not free. Uh, Paul said to the Roman church in Romans 12, to present now your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual act of worship. Yeah, yeah. So, Carl, it is very personal to me. Um, you know, we we'll all struggle with one of the sins that Paul listed, even after we're Christians. But we have an advocate who is Jesus, right, who forgives our sin. Uh, but uh, we we are called to walk out in worship before God. And Paul continues to go on in Romans 12 to say, That the gifts that God has given you and then your love in action, in word and deed, you can read it in Romans 12, is your response to what Christ has done in worship. So, as a worship leader in a church, I would like to say that singing and playing music is the total expression of worship, but you know what? It's really only one expression. The total expression of worship, the total expression of worship to God is a life in response to what Christ has done as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And this is our witness to the world that we have been transformed by the power of God. And that is our offer to them through Christ.
2: Corey Pelly is our guest this morning. He's pastor of worship at 180 Chicago. So coming up, I'm going to give you a scenario that people may not say happens, but this happens all the time. So you walk into a service on a Sunday morning, you're ready to worship, you hear the first few chords that the worship band plays and then you think to yourself oh I really don't like this song this is not one of my favorites or the worship leader says I'm gonna teach you guys a new one this morning and you go no I just want to hear one of my old favorites coming up what is it that makes a worship song good we'll ask Corey Pelly that coming up
0: Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in
1: the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Uh, Yeah, Ellie's good at asking questions that everyone's thinking (laughs) or experiences that we have, but boy, let's whittle it down.
2: Yeah, it's so true. It's so true that sometimes we come into a worship service and, and our preferences sort of get in the way of our ability to worship. Maybe the, the worship team or the choir sings a song that we just don't like. It's not our style. We don't like uh, the melody. We don't like whatever about it. Or sometimes it's this push to have something new and we prefer to sing the hymns, the old stuff. What is it that makes a worship song
5: good, Corey? Well, I think it's a couple things. But first, you have to be able to sing the song it's got to be easy to sing you know we all got our favorite songs and christian radio songs and yep. but when we come when we come together on sunday morning we're there to kind of forget about ourselves for a minute and mm-hmm. focus together as the church on god and and worshiping him together so you want songs that are are easy to sing. You know, if the worship team is having a hard time learning a song and they're the musicians and singers, it's probably going to be hard for mom and dad and your cousin and your friend to sing them, you know?
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Corey, you mentioned something about style of worship that I want everyone here to listen to. And that is that you love songs. You like songs that speak of our need for God and what he does for us. But you most love songs that declare the power, the grandeur, and the attributes of God. Why is that your core conviction?
5: Uh, Carl, I think it's easy to focus on ourselves. And um, every day we're facing stuff in our lives. Life is happening, right? It's real every day. But when we come to church, God already knows our situations. He knows everything about us. And I think it's okay to sing songs about our condition, or to acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with it, but let's move from there over into the great, mighty God we serve, mm-hmm. who promises us in life or in death that he is with us no matter what. That's our whole Christian faith, right? So we want to sing songs that focus on exalting Jesus, his power, his love, his ability to deliver and and make us free from sin and whatever it is we're facing, uh, the focus.
2: Should every song that we sing be scripture? Should, should that be the basis for every worship song, the word of God?
5: I believe that every worship song should have theological context in it. And my favorite worship songs are songs that have scripture in them. And some of the songs that I love to write are direct quotes from scripture, because what better to sing to God than his word?
2: Do you have a favorite? I'm sure you have many favorites, but what's the song that you find yourself going back to over and over and over again? What's Give me your top one or two favorite worship songs.
5: You know, I, I have favorite modern worship songs, but when I'm alone with God or I'm thinking in prayer or just personal meditation you can picture that moment i'm gravitating to very simple songs like i exalt thee uh, um uh, i sing praises to your name i don't even know if you guys know these songs yeah. oh yeah i can
2: hear them there, <laughs> i can hear them uh, in my there, mind there is
5: there is none like you no one else can touch my heart like you do like there's songs that they they bring me immediately into the presence of God and the focus is Him, and and it's vertical. It's it's not me talking to you about God, because we can do that in church and you'll notice a shift in the atmosphere if you're in a, a worship service and listen to the song order when we're talking about God, or versus when we're singing directly to Him, and you know it's kind of, it's kind of like a process, you know. Um, The outer court of the temple biblically was where they would offer thanksgiving to God for what he's provided and those things. And then as you got to the inner court, it got more intimate. And then the Holy of Holies where the very presence of God was, was where the priests would come face to face with God. And that is kind of a type of our modern day church service. We come into his presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. We usually open with a faster song, something up temple that is light and joyful, but we should end up in a worship set more in a place of Jesus. You're holy. I love you. You're great. You're awesome. How great is our God? You know, things that make God greater in our hearts and minds than what we're facing.
1: You know, when you think about worship and I was uh, really blown away by this, I spent a good bit of time yesterday just searching the scriptures for what does it say about worship? And as I'm, want to say, boy, I'm going to Old English again, as I want to say as a preacher, worship is way more than a worship experience. But make no mistake about this, I couldn't get away from it over and over and over again in scripture, worship is the declaration of our voices, Mm -hmm. sometimes in front of an unbelieving culture Mm. that says we give you praise God, there is no one like you. I wanna tackle the second one of the reasons why here. If you could pull up uh, Psalm 100, verse mm-hmm. four, Ali, we'll read this in just a moment. See, why worship God? Second reason we want to give you today, it announces you have robust gratitude yeah. to God.
2: Yeah. And this is a verse, maybe you've heard this one before, Psalm 100, verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name.
1: Bless his name. And so we've got a, a lot of songs that kind of capture this. But this is a good one by Brandon Lake. It captures it in a big way. Yeah. So we just ask you and invite you this morning. Worship along. Give him praise.
6: All my words fall short. I got nothing new. How could I express? my gratitude I could sing these songs as I often do but every song must end
1: It announces when you worship God that you have a robust gratitude. That's the name of that song by Brandon Lake, Gratitude. You know, worship is only possible when we have come into the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God. Yeah. By the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so some people find themselves detached from worship, but the minute they come into authentic relationship with Jesus as myself, wow, it changes everything. I got a question for you, Young Thunder. Huh. So this, your story is epic. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want you you to shy away from it. I know that, I know that Satan must bombard you at times, (laughs) right? Yeah. What's he hit you with? Well,
3: there was one time it actually just happened last week. We had some professors in here from my time at Moody that I know. And, uh, one of them mentioned the fact that he's, you know, heard my story and stuff on air and a part of me got scared and embarrassed, uh, because, I haven't told any professors that. And so I was like, oh, man, a professor while I was here at Moody knows now. And it's like, so it's like kind of that like old fear came back. But at the same time, I I know that that's not the place to live because it's just not true. And he loves you. And he does. He's and you know, he's thrilled for he's you. He's thrilled. He's more thrilled than anything. So it's not, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. But yeah, every now and then I still get hit with some of that stuff. So when you
1: really came into the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. by being called out of darkness into the light of a living, breathing relationship with Jesus. Did it change worship for you? Worship singing? Absolutely. Like it must've been radical.
3: Yes. Uh, Before, I think that (laughs) when I would sing worship songs, I would think about, man, can I hit all these notes? Like, oh man, that kind (laughs) of sounds good when I sing it. Uh, But now when I'm at church, I see the lyrics on the screen and I read them and I think about the love of Jesus. I think <laughs> about his sacrifice for me. Yeah. Uh, there was a song I was listening to on the way in uh, that I think it was Cody Carnes. And it was talking about how we're safe with Jesus. And it was bringing tears to my eyes because I was thinking about me being safe in Jesus's foundation for my life. And I, those thoughts would have never come to me in the past.
1: Yeah, it's so good, man. There's something about worship oh my. when you've been gripped by the grace of God. It really is. It's different.
2: It really is. Can I share my own story coming up? Coming yeah. up.
1: Allie, okay. I can't wait. Can't wait. Helping you take the next
0: step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. All
1: right, Allie. Come on, sister. Step right up.
2: You know, I, I love to take walks. That's just my thing. And so if I can, I'll try to get out to some place that... You know, where I can see nature. I'm, I live in the city, so sometimes that's hard to do. But I'll, I'll take walks, and sometimes they're worship walks. And so was funny. One time my daughter, I said, you want to go for a walk with me? And she goes, is this going to be one of those worship walks? I said, well, I might worship a little bit. She goes, you're not going to lift your hands, are you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm guessing it was it's her because, because you it lifted her way your hands before. That <laughs> she's if, a teenager. hands
2: are going up, I'm out. <laughs> like I'm out on this walk. I love but it. I do like to just walk and worship. And so I remember one time, and I might, man, I'm already tearing up.
4: Oh. I remember
2: one time, when I was walking in one of my favorite spots in the city. It just it winds through different trees, and you can see water. And I was playing these songs that were very familiar to me because I grew up singing them. yeah. And I just had this thought and it brought my brought me to tears. And I thought I sang all of these songs and I had no idea what they meant. And I just sang the lyrics. I memorized them. And I just, I, it made me cry. Cause I thought the power that was in these words, I had no clue. And yet I just sang them out. Youth group kid knew all the songs. There was one in particular. You remember the song, As the Deer?
4: Oh, panted yeah. Panted for
2: the water, so my soul longeth after you. You alone are my strength, my shield, and I long to worship you. And I, and I just thought, now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. And I was so grateful that God was gracious enough that when I sang those songs and they didn't mean that much to me, and that he carried me to a place where now I could sing them so many years later. And they meant the world to me. That's so
1: beautiful, Allie. I love that.
2: And I just was grateful. I had so much gratitude that God's been that gracious to me.
1: Well, you're going to be in trouble, Allie, because you already got tears coming down your (laughs) face and uh, we've got the song. Yeah. Man. This is going back.
2: taking me back.
1: This is great, man.
2: Maybe it'll do the same for you.
6: So my soul longeth after
4: thee, you alone are my
6: heart's
4: desire, and I long to worship
6: thee, you alone are my strength, my
1: Going back, man, that's Maranatha Singers as the deer. It's really cool about your story, Allie, is that I thought how, how amazing because I'm much your senior. I could be your dad, uh, but that it's that song is one of those that I was weeping to as a brand new follower of Jesus. Yeah. that's one of them on the Maranatha album that I flip back and forth and hear. God grab your heart after years of you singing it, not really knowing the depth of. Those words. Yeah. But then being touched by the grace of God, it hits you at the deepest parts.
2: It does. And it's, and again, it just produces gratitude.
0: Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Got a fun question. A lot of feedback on this one. What song, what worship song has God used so powerfully in your life that it's attached to a story and, God just he's just used it and there's just no denying it
2: lots of feedback coming in uh, on text message go through a couple of these his eyes on the sparrow my late mother sang it in the choir at church it's my memory of her another one praise the Lord oh my soul a couple votes for glorious day by passion Uh, let's go to Ella from Hickory Hills calling in this morning what is that song and how did the Lord use it
5: Good morning. It's Give Me Jesus by Fernando Ortega. Oh, yeah. Where it says, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. And when I am alone, give me Jesus. And when I come to die, give me Jesus. So it's like when I wake up every morning and I know that I have Jesus, I have everything. And then, you know, moments in my life where I felt so alone, he was there. And I know that when I die, I have Jesus and I know where I'm going. And it just... It's just amazing every single day to know that.
1: Yeah, that is a beautiful song. Ella, thanks so much for calling in. Boom, sister. So good. You're in the boom crew for sure. Yeah, there's just, oh, man, there's something about a song attached to a moment of brokenness, yeah. surrender, God-meetness at our point of need. It's just epic. Alice in Chicago, first-time caller. What do you say, Alice.
5: Hi, good morning. So it is well with my soul. Um, that song just resonates with me. My mom passed away about 11 years ago, due to cancer. And that wasn't the heartbreaking part. It was the fact that she died on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was on a Friday. And I just remember just um, having to find refuge. And I went to church that Sunday. And that song just played. And it just for some reason, it just hit really hard. I just could barely sing because I was crying. And but I sang out loud. And I just felt this warm blanket just cover me by God's grace. And even through these days, even when there are tough challenges, Mm -hmm. I just hear that song in the back of my head. And especially when the trumpet will sound and the clouds roll back, I just see this image and I just know everything's going to be all right.
1: Yeah. You're right about that. Alice. First time caller. This is Mark Schultz. It is well with my soul. It's for you, Alice. my soul so many songs that touch us at a deep deep place a point of need a point of comfort a point of why in the road a decision to be made and then god shows up in power oftentimes through a great song okay uh let's get three more here ali why worship
2: why worship? Because it declares that you are a child of God. And that comes out of Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire.
1: Yeah. What, am, what an amazing thing. When we're children of God, we've received, we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now, I did this a few weeks ago at church. I'm going to say it here. You're not born as children of God. We're born with our backs to God, but as we are regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, we now have our, ba- our backs to the world. We're now facing Jesus. We're following him, and we're in this new kingdom. Your kingdom come. Yeah. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're in this brand new kingdom, and that's worth praising him yeah. for.
2: Yes. Absolutely. A couple more. Uh, what am I on? Number four. Yeah. Yes, it humbles you as a living sacrifice. Why worship God? It humbles you. Now, Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship.
1: Oh my goodness! Can
2: I? I'm. As I, this one could be a little bit. Confusing for people. What do you what What does it mean? Present your body as a living sacrifice.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's imagery of what laying down a sacrifice would have been. And he's saying a living sacrifice means I'm not going to take you physically, but I am going to take you over spiritually. Mm-hmm. You are dying to self. You're saying I no want longer want to live. Christ who lives in me. What an appeal! <laughs> yeah. And by the way, vivid imagery. Anyone in that time would have said, oh my goodness, you want me to lay down my life as a living sacrifice, meaning I'm going to still be breathing, but I am totally given over to you.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting. The verse that follows that one is do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So not conforming to the world and having your mind transformed is an act of worship, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Last one, number five, last one that we're bringing to you. There are many, many, many more reasons why we worship, but it confirms you surrender with mind and spirit. This is the woman at the well. Yep. John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will, will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him.
1: Love that, man. Love that. I don't care where you are this morning. I need you to know our God is inviting you to worship. Why? He's without rival. It, it announces, I've got gratitude for all that God's done. It declares you're a child of God. Did you know people who are not children of God cannot worship God? They can't. It's impossible. It humbles you as a living sacrifice, and it confirms you surrender with mind and spirit. So with mind and spirit right now, let's just lift it up before the Lord. This is Cody Carnes. Run two. The father. What a day it's been. It's
2: been a really good day. I've
6: carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I
1: man, run to the Father again and again and again. And one more time. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.